Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. I don't look at Better Beer and think to myself, I've got a concern about what you're doing. For this fight, you would have gone bivol, right? I mean, I think we're pretty much in the same space. Not necessarily. Is that right? No, I don't bend and flex like you. I'm consistent. I don't run with the hair. <laughs> you I, crack me I, up. I, Is it a fight I want to see? No. I don't really. Believe, yeah, I don't want to see it. I think it will be an interesting fight. Welcome to Talk Boxing with Simon Jordan and Spencer Oliver. This is episode 56, a busy schedule. Strangely, though, there's one subject we won't be talking about, which is the Saudi press conference, because apparently... If you're not entirely praising the Saudis, then you're out. So we won't be talking about their press conference. We're talking about other things. Spence, how are you? Simon, very well yourself. Good, mate. Nice to see you. Good. Um, First subject, interesting subject, but one we discussed last week, which was our belief that the fight between uh, Arta Betabiev and Callum Smith could have an outcome for Callum Smith. What we saw on Saturday um, was... Uh, I can't put it any other way, even though I'm a big Smith fan, Smith family fan, was a one-sided fight yeah. between one fighter that seemed to be on a different level than the other. Yeah. Um, and that's not me just throwing around levels indiscriminately, but I was surprised at the complete superiority and dominance that uh, uh, have had over Callum Smith. As, as was I. I mean, you know, it was, yeah, it, w- it was um, it was a masterclass in many ways. Better be ever, we've seen always as a wrecking ball, if you like, in many ways, just using his strength, ploughing forward. But, you know, there's, a, there's an IQ behind what he's doing there, you know. Like, yeah. you know, you saw him picking shots. He's a world-class operator. Holes, world-class operator. And I think we sort of fell into the trap, really, of the performance he put in against Anthony Yard. Was Yard just, you know, excellent in that performance or was better be ever? We looked at the fundamental mistakes that Betabiev was making in those fights where he was holding his feet, reaching with that right hand that he always throws, and he was getting caught with a check left hook. On that basis, we're talking, uh, we're looking at Callum Smith and saying, he's got half a chance here. Smith is a world-class operator. Well, and that's the an point. unbelievable left hook. But also, we, we didn't just say because we've got some ridiculous partisan view. It's because Callum Smith, like most of the Smiths, operates at world level. Absolutely. And so the idea that he has the capabilities and the size to go and, and do some damage to Betabiev was a reasonable assertion. But in watching the fight, we both thought that in order for him to get um, some traction in this fight, that he needed to be up close. Yeah. But when he was up close, the power that Betabiev pushes mm. him on the outside. When he's on the outside, he's getting picked off. 
so he's in a permanent world of pain. Um, amazingly for me, which really caught my eye was that Betabiev was beating him to the jab. He had the better jab. He was finding his range. And like you say, Simon, he was better at long range. He was better at mid-range. And he was better inside as well. There was nothing Callum Smith could do. And I think that become plainly obvious to see as early as the first round. Betabiev started mauling forward, pushing him. Round four was a really tough round for Callum Smith as well, yep. where you're thinking... He could be getting stopped here. Yeah. It was sort of like, you know, he had a good second round, but then round four was a real... It was, it was a time when he was, you know, he was on the end of a lot of weathering punishment. Weathering a storm. Absolutely, yeah. weathering yeah. a storm. It was just a, It looked like then it was a matter of time. And I think it was just a... It was a, it was a first-class performance from Better Be It was better. Going into that fight, though, Simon, you're talking about and you're looking at who's the best in this division. And we've seen, you know, the performances from Dimitri Bivol more recently against Lyndon Arthur out in Saudi Arabia. And you just look at him and go... I think Bivol, you've got to lean towards Bivol. But on that performance against Better Be with Better Be there, you look at that and go, I think he starts favourite against Bivol yeah. going into this one because, like I say, he had better boxing IQ than I give him credit for before. Like I said, I thought he was just one of those guys that used his strength and mauled for his opponents. But what we saw there was the way he was picking his shots, not putting everything into every shot, finding the holes and slowly, systematically breaking down. But there's also down. an accusation, isn't there? about better beer that he doesn't start fights quickly yeah yeah this one he wow. started fight the fight quickly yeah and that may well be because callum came to meet him in the middle of the ring and he was forced into doing so but by the same token what we saw we're seeing an evolution in better bf which you describe as boxing iq of course it has to be boxing iq but it's also yeah. because his trainers are enhancing his ability yeah. to be able to be a better fighter and, and one of the observations that were made about callum smith was by by carl carl frotch talked about the fact that clearly Callum Smith is a world-class operator and, and clearly in the fights that we've seen him in, you know, and, and winning world titles and obviously losing to Canelo Everest, yeah. there was a gap there between the two fighters there, but he's a world-class operator. But Carl Frotch talks about how can you possibly go into a fight against one of the pound-for-pounds um, in world boxing in a brutally competitive light heavyweight division, make the first fight that you have in the light heavies better be Ev, not have had a fight for 18 months mm -hmm. and expect a better outcome. What do you think of Carl's um, evaluation of that? Well, I think that you just got to look at where Callum Smith is in his career, the opportunities, the opportunities he's looking, waiting for. You know, you go back to that um, Canelo Alvarez, you know, beating that he took. I don't really, think, I don't think Carl means about because you take opportunities when you can get them. Yeah. But I, what, he's, what I think he's saying is when you realistically break it down, yeah. he's fighting against a monster who has got 19 wins with 19 knockouts. Yes, yeah. we've seen Callum Johnson put him down, and we know that there's some vulnerability in there. And I think it was, was it um, Marcus uh, Brown? No, Ant Anthony Yard hurt him in the fifth round, seventh yeah. round. Like, but he came Yard, through those. Yeah but, he, yeah, but he showed weaknesses there that, we, that I thought. I said, I was going off the Anthony Yard performance and looking at that going, well, if Callum Smith's in there and he, you know, and he exploits those holes He's and he finds those holes, he will make him pay, he will stay hurt, he'll but jump But point is, is... In order to go into a fight like this, I mean, Anthony Yard was match fit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He'd come back after the Lyndon Arthur defeat during yeah. COVID. It blasted Lyndon Arthur out in the next fight. Mm -hmm. It got himself into a position where he was match fit. Yeah. Whereas Callum has been out of circulation for 18 months. Mm -hmm. He's now stepping up a weight class against an elite in well, no, weight class. Well, no, he boxed a light heavyweight before. He Did he? Yeah, yeah. He boxed at a light heavyweight okay. twice before since the Canelo Alvarez. Fair one. enough. So yeah. he's sort of fitted into that light heavyweight. But not division. at that level. But no, not, of course yeah. not at that level. Yeah. But I think that where I'm sat with this, and I understand what Cole was saying about inactivity. Yeah. You know, he was never going to be able to step up against a world-class operator, operator like uh, Better Be Ever and put in a performance and win the fight. 
understand that, Cole. I understand exactly where you're coming from. But from my point of view, I'm looking at it. Okay, Callum's been around a long time. English, British, Commonwealth, European, World, Ring Magazine, W uh, World Boxing Series. Like He's done it all. He's ticked all the boxes. You know, and you look at that and you go, well, it's an opportunity. You want to challenge yourself against the best. Yes, he's been out for 18 months. Inactivity has played a part. But if, that, if I'm in that position and better be offered to me, I'll go... That's the challenge I'm oh, looking for. That's take, the challenge I'm looking you for. You take the opportunity. The only yeah, point I'm making... The I'm trying to challenge, I think it is, Simon. I, I get it. And the opportunity is there and the challenge. The only thing that Carl is saying, I think, is that if you actually wanted to win, then you needed to have fights in between that and that to make yourself match fit. But with that's that yeah, perhaps... That's just, sort of six or one half a dozen yeah, the other. Yeah. By the way, which do you think it is? Beterbiev or Beterbiev? Well, I've always said Beterbiev. I've only started saying Beterbiev today because you're saying it. And I well, didn't want to embarrass you, you by saying Beterbiev. Do you know Beterbiev. why I'm saying Beterbiev? Because I listen to the ring announcers. Okay. And you would think that the ring announcers <laughs> that are being instructed yeah. by the fighter himself yeah, yeah. would know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm listening to it thinking all us imbeciles over here are going, Beterbiev, right? And then I listen to a ring announcer that must have been instructed by yeah. the Beterbiev camp, what his name is. Well, it must have, yeah. So... It's so, better be here. So we're going better be here. We are. Right. So, so forget we've ever said Beterbiev. Beterbiev is a thing of past. struggling to get that I out of I don't know who Beterbiev is. He's a fighter that we don't know anything about. Okay, right. right. Well, better be here. But what, yeah, about, well, what about Callum Smith now? He's, he's, he's had two fights with two juggernauts yep. um, of boxing. One um, in uh, Canelo Everest. Yeah. And obviously now in um, Arta Beterbiev. <laughs> what are you think? struggling to say no, that by the way because Beterbiev's in the head yeah I was just thinking right. my way through it alright um, what do you think for him next I mean I, there's a possibility he could go up to Cruiserweight yep there's less of a likely do you think he could drop back down to super middles I don't think he boxed up drops down to super middle I mean he's six foot three I mean when he was boxing at super middle he looked at his frame and went how are you making yeah. that weight yeah. so I, I think once you've gone up Simon you can't come back down so he's a world class operator that's used to being at the very end, the very top of his division. He potentially knows now that, that he can't yeah. win anything of significant substance in the light heavies, yeah. akin to what he's won before, because of the landscape with Betabiev and potentially Bivol. Yeah, was, that's the undisputed. So where, so, does it, where does he go? Does he? Does it, I mean, does he? I mean, it's the first time he's been dropped in a fight. Yeah, it's the first beating that he's really taken. Albeit there was levels between potentially him and Canelo. Do you think this is the end of the road for him? Well, it's so, sort of like it's a little bit soul destroying when you know you take a beating the way that he took that against Better Beer, you know, you know, hitting the floor and whatnot. And I think that he will look at it. And like I say, he's been a great, unbelievable ambassador for boxing, a great servant to the sport, as an Aldersmith family. You know, and you look at it, and, and as, as a fighter, I'm looking at it, and he's going, right, he's won everything there is to win. You know, he's won everything there is to Has win. He he, money, finance, oh, absolutely. He must yeah. have been financially secure. You reckon? And he's looking at that and you go, look, you've got a young family, you've got life after boxing, yeah. you know, you can stay within the sport, manage fighters, train fighters, whatever you want to do, that's how you get your fix, you know, staying within the sport. But when you look at him and the, and the, the beating he took, and I saw him afterwards, I saw the interview, and yeah, he, uh, you know, of course he was going to be down, but you just look mm -hmm. at that and go, perhaps that's the end of the road, mate, you know, like, mm -hmm. because you've cemented your legacy, it's probably a good way of putting it. A bloody it. hard thing for you guys, though, isn't it? It's a cement to, to go out. I mean, first of all, when the lights go down, where does, it, where does it all go for you guys? Yeah. Because ultimately, all this anger, not so much, all this energy, all this determination, all this uh, will to win has got to go somewhere. Um, Do you know so what? It's, so it's, and also, given the, the background of his career, mm. 
difficult to go out with a loss like that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what it is, Simon, for a boxer that retires at whatever level, whenever he decides to do that? When a boxer retires, he loses his identity mm. and he's got to be fit into life as a normal civilian. Yeah. And that's a very difficult thing to do because when you're a boxer, you know, from a young age, most of us start at seven, eight, nine years of age. You start off and you sort of live, eat, sleep boxing, get up in the morning, go running, then go to school, then you're training afterwards. And that sort of continues. And then as you become a it's professional... It's a way of life, isn't it? It's a way of life. And as a professional, you're doing it. So once it's It also it's identifies over, you, doesn't it? Yeah, once it's over, you go, right, so now a boxer is struggling next, yeah. to find direction in life you know you've, you've got that discipline well, i suppose it's that, even more so you've also got that addictive personality so whatever you go into yeah so you know some fighters can fall down go down the wrong road fall down you know i think it's the, the same crowd. for most sports uh, you know where you the lights get turned off and you're no longer yeah. the center of attention but i and, and and obviously having been involved in football i've seen mm. it manifest itself with players I think it's probably more extreme in boxing. Well, it's the ultimate gladiatorial sport, yeah. isn't it? So, and that's the thing. It's like, it's not... But also the relationships you have in the gym yeah. and trainers that yeah. you find the way... Because you're not just... You're going into a sport and into an auditorium where people can legally, potentially, do serious harm to you and, yeah. and, and actually yeah. help you shuffle off this mortal coil. So it must be a real challenge for him to think about. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what he does next. What did you make of um, the post-fight information that came out? about Betabiev and some issues around testosterone enhancing yeah. um, drugs where he appears to have um, returned an atypical finding. Well, just the, it, of course it raises concerns straight away. You think, here we go again, you know, another situation where we've got a great fighter that's gone down the wrong road, done something stupid or whatever. But I know that the... Yeah, um, I know that the, the results that come back, he went and then retested straight away, didn't he? So that was back in December time. Sorry, Spence, I said um, uh, post-fight, it's pre-fight reports sure. suggesting that um, um, that he failed various tests. These are VADA tests and as well. Analytical findings, in it, yeah. Not in failed, it. returned an atypical yeah. finding suggesting that a particular agent that enhances testosterone, which testosterone well, builds muscles, right? Yeah, but it's, it, but this is a natural thing that can happen within the body. And I think that was the argument there. Metabolites. Which, so, so, yeah, metabolic. So Metabolites. he went straight away. That, that was in December, I believe. And he went and done another test straight away and he come back negative. So yeah. you can understand where it's no, at. No, because it's interesting. And I think it was a legitimate thing. And I saw that whole thing with Tony Bellew yeah, and what was, he was yeah. saying. And he sort of Tony rode back a bit a from it when yeah. I was speaking to him yesterday. He rode back a bit from the accusations because he was kind of three-line whipping it by saying, I don't know any fighters that get better and stronger with age. With age. Sure. Right? And George Foreman didn't and so on and so forth. Um, what do you mean George Foreman didn't? George Foreman, well, George George Foreman, Foreman retired 25 years later, come back and won the world heavyweight title. I know, but he, against Michael Moore. He yeah, wasn't. He, still, he, he, he weren't fighting. He weren't fighting he Joe was, Fraser. Was he? years of age. I know, but he wasn't. The, the point that Tony's making in that example is George Foreman of the 1970s hit harder and was more powerful than the George Foreman of the 1990s. Yeah, yeah. And what George Foreman beat in the 1990s was lesser opposition. Yeah. So his point is salient, but it misplaced because I don't look at Better Beev and think to myself, I've got a concern about what you're doing. Better Beev is like, yeah, forget that he's like 40. Is he turned 40 years of age yet? He was 39, coming up 40 no, this month or whatever, yeah, or whatever Imminent. it is. But you look at him, he's, you know, he's a strict Muslim who lives the life, eats, sleeps, only drinks water, and the guy looks after himself. You go, you, so you can't knock what he's doing. And I think what. Muhammad what, Ali what was he, a strict Muslim, didn't yeah. he? He didn't run around <laughs> no, the world for what, 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 what he's going off there, Bellew, is that you look at the performance against Yard. And you look at the improvements yeah. against um, against Callum, and it's exponential. And you go, and you go, how's that 
how's that so? How can you do that? Well, I'll tell you how you do it because you're talking about a pound for pound star who's got that adaptability, that capability of changing and switching it up. He may have just had a bad and night you, against you. And you saw the power that Better Beer has against Joseph Smith Jr. Yeah. When he, yeah. took, when he took his WBO belt the Absolutely. year earlier. So it's Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And then, yeah. In the offing, somewhere, I'm not quite sure where it is, but not somewhere that I want to talk about, but there is a fight scheduled for Better Beer versus Bivol. Yes, I think it's made. And I'm hearing June. What do you reckon on that? Well, I was, I was big time Bivol before this, before this fight. Now I'm Better Beer. So you sort of run with the hair and hunt with the hounds, do you? Absolutely. So you're oh, easily swayed. So Bivol's performance against Lyndon Arthur, where he just boxed Lyndon's ear off for 12 rounds and, 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 and ultimately showed you the quality and class. Yeah, yeah. And his performances against Canelo Evers. Yeah. And his performances in, against Gilberto de Ramirez, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of those you're going to discount. Right, yeah. Can, well, can, can I tell you why? One performance. Can I tell you why? You're a shocker, Spence. Are you going to listen to me or not? Run with a hair and can I tell you why? Tell me. Because we look at the power of Better Beer. So the people that you've just mentioned, Canelo Alvarez, who's not a light heavyweight, let's have it right. You know, he's better days really down at well, a light, light, light middle, middleweight. Super middle. Super middle even. Yeah, so but you look at that and so you go, Canelo Alvarez, yeah, you take that away and you look at Bibble against Lyndon Arthur. who Arthur hung in there, to be fair. Bibble was, yeah, he was Survived first it. class. You know, he showed an excellent array of shots and, and boxing, you know, controlled the ring space, et cetera, et cetera. But better be on another level. And you look at the power that he possesses with what he does. And I'll go, I think he may just out, out, outpower Bibble. I never felt that before this fight, but only on that performance. You can Bibble, only go by off last Bibble, Bibble is so disciplined, isn't he? Where do you sit with it? Who do you think? Who do you think? I think it's a pick'em. It has to be. Come on, you're getting splinters, mate. I'll no, no, I think I, I think it's a pick'em. I think it's just, yeah, pick but where, you, where, just because you can do one thing to one fighter doesn't mean you can do it to no, another. No, absolutely. No, you know that better than me. I, I, no, one hundred percent, and that's why I ask you. My gut tells me. Uh, my gut tells me better BF. Yeah, that's because I've got in the back of my mind. But, Bibble but, versus but, Craig Richards. But before this fight, you would have gone Bibble, right? I mean, I think no, we're pretty much in the same space. Not necessarily. Is that right? No, I don't bend and flex like you. I'm consistent. I don't run with <laughs> the hair. I, <laughs> you I, crack me I, up. I don't, I don't morph into Gareth A. Davis and say, oh, where can I line myself the best? Right? That's not me. I'm not <laughs> in a popularity contest. <laughs> no, 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 listen. All I'm saying is, it's one of those 50-50 fights. And I, I, That's what I just I, said. I, I, I go for better. Right. Better be Okay. I, 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 I am inclined I so to, I'm inclined to you. You know that. I'm you. Well, you look up to everyone, mate, because you're two foot tall. <laughs> but I am inclined to go with you okay. and, and, and suggest that because of the sheer ferocity and power. Oh, so you're coming my way now. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I think it's a pick so and fight. You're so easily swayed. I'm a, it's a pick and fight. But if I were forced into a situation where I said, right, you've got to lay some money down on it. Yeah. And you've got to lay this money down on it. Okay. Something, you know, put your yeah. hand in my pocket, pull some money out, something yeah. you know nothing about. <laughs> I would go down the route of better beef. Okay, right. All so right? listen, all I'm going to say is in future, can you just make your bed and lie in it? Mm, okay. Thank you. Okay. Right. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to add in the Biparcel Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to work in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparcel Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Right, Kelbrook. And there's mutterings and, uh, and, and noises being mooted that Kel Brook is back. I spoke to Kel last week, whose company 
I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, difficult period in his life. Come to terms with certain things. One of the things he's come to terms with as the light's going down and, and he talks about other things in his life, addictive personalities, yeah. and stuff like, which you mentioned a moment ago. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's a lot about Kell Brook that tells you that he perhaps didn't get the recognition he should have got. Sean Porter fight didn't give him, despite the fact he went over to America, took Sean Porter's belt, never mm -hmm. quite got the kudos and cachet he should have got, fought all the guys, unfortunately for him, lost them. But the mutterings are now that Kell is going to fight again. Yeah. And is likely to fight Chris Eubank Jr. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, unequivocally, he don't like him. Yeah. Of all the people he doesn't like, and he didn't like Amir Khan, and he didn't like a few other people, the person he really doesn't like yeah. is He's Chris, Chris Eubank Jr. Jr. Um, what do you think? Do you know what? Hasn't fought for a while. He's had some I, challenges. I, I, I've been close with Kel for many years, actually. I like Lucky him. him. You know, like, like him as a person. I think he's an unbelievable fighter. He's a nice kid. Uh, yeah, he really is. Yeah. And I know that how much he struggles well with life after boxing, that identity thing that we talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, he hit serve depression. And he was struggling. He even rang me once, asking me, you know, what, what can he do? Where can he go? He's like, it's, like it's not about, it's not, <laughs> exactly. It must have been drop bottom. <laughs> he was desperate. Mm. It was, he said, listen, it's not about money, Spence. I've got enough money. It's not about that. He said, I just wake up in the morning. I don't know what to do. I, don't I, have I a can't find any purpose. Mm. Can't find any direction in life. I need to do something. I need to fill, you know, fill I that think time. He, I think he, I I think think he recognises those where, things now. Yeah, I yeah. think that that's where we're at with it. And that's why he's still within, you know, still staying in boxing. And still, do I want to see him box still? Definitely not. I don't want to see do Kel not. Boxing, not, not boxing no more because I think he's doing it for the wrong reasons. When you're a fighter, you want to fight and the reasons you're fighting are because your dream and your aspirations are to become world, world champion and, and, you know, defend. Kel's done all that now. He's achieved all that now. The reason for him wanting to fight now is because he can't find any direction in life. And I, do, right. and I think, and that slightly concerns me because... I, is he, I, I, is I think he still, he's a great guy. Okay. But a lot, you could make that allegation about Tyson Fury and the yeah, reason I why agree. he's continued to fight. Yeah. Right? Because he has his challenges outside of the ring. Yeah, what I'm saying is Kel's days as a boxer are sort of slightly done. Fine. But that's if you're talking about Kel Brook stepping in against a elite level current Understood. fighter. Understood. Now, as, against a, a Conor Ben, say, for instance. Um... I don't, why'd you say that? Well, because Conor Ben's a young, a young fighter as opposed yeah. to Chris Eubank, who's at the back end of his career as right. well. I wouldn't I'm say, using I, him I, as an analogy. I wouldn't say. I mean, I wouldn't say Conor Ben was an elite fighter yet. I would say no. that he has. That he's on a journey. If we can get himself past the problems he's got with the challenges <laughs> he's got, sure. to being an elite sure. fighter, but he hasn't fought enough fighters sure. at that level to All say right, he's a, a, a Jerome Ennis or someone like yeah. that. Yeah. So, so, so if he goes in against the Chris Eubank Jr., given what Chris, in fairness, did to Liam Smith. And again, Liam gives just an example that he wasn't yeah. fit and this, that and the other, but notwithstanding it, Chris Eubank still did a, when and did a number. Does it still make, I mean, would they fight 168, you think? It would be an interesting one. I think that Kel obviously going up to that weight, that's what I'm saying. Like, nothing really goes in Kel's advantage. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, and I get, if Kel was going to come back, you go, Chris Eubank Jr., you know, what is he, 35 years of age, he's been around a long mm -hmm. time as well. And you go, Kel's a couple well, years older. Sort of like, yeah, yeah, like you sort of that sort of, it, it weighs up a little bit, but you go look at the weight and you go 168 is where is where Eubank is going to sit, you know, or he's going to try and get down. To, will Kel try and make it at 160? I mean... Well, they could make it a catch weight. They could make it 163, 164, yeah, couldn't they? Yeah. And it would sit in the middle for both of them, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fight that could possibly happen, but is it a fight I want to see? No. I don't really? really? Yeah, I don't want to see it because I, don't want, I think Kel's had an oh, unbelievable I career. Oh, I do. 
you don't want to say what's your reasons behind it because i think it will be an interesting fight right i think that they you know that Kel but Brook, you think when a fighter's retired that he should stay retired what like in in kel's like in kel's situation well, you've been around you you think he retired for a while yeah you think that he should retire because he's searching for validation for i do right? that's exactly it and there may be an element of that i would suggest that someone needs to retire when they can't do it anymore and they haven't got the they haven't got the ability to do it now i don't know whether kel what we saw with kel and I, don't, I want to be careful with my words about discrediting Kel, Kel's performance, was we saw one fighter that really wanted to fight in the uh, Kel Brook, Amir Khan fight, mm. the other one that felt we had to fight. And when we yeah. saw those two boys on the stage, because I had the audacity to say to Kel, I think you get beat by Amir Khan. And he corrected yeah. me and said, I said, because he's got more speed than you. He said, well, timing beats speed, right? And when we saw them on the stage, mm. you saw Kel Brook at one end, and I yeah. went, oh, I've got to put any money on Amir Khan because I tell you what, I was with you. I remember, remember thinking, yeah. crying out loud, he don't want yeah. to be here. Yeah, but but that to me, um, sh does it show me that Kel still has the ability to fight at a certain level? I'm and does it worry me him going against Chris Eubank that there could be some damage done yeah. there? No, it doesn't. And it, I think there's genuine um, jeopardy in the conversation mm. in terms of bad blood. Whether you like it or not, bad blood fuels good fights or, yeah. or, or, or media interest. Is it? Is it? Is oh, it, there'll it, be a lot of interest I think, around I think the it's, fight. I think it's an interesting fight. I think there's a and lot I think of interest around the fight. And I, it, yeah, I I, I've happen. got... Listen, I've got a very strong feeling it will happen. Yeah. I believe that as well, because I know that Kel wants to come back. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is that I'm just talking about it as a friend saying, listen, don't come back for the wrong reason. Yeah. Don't come back because you can't find your searching for something else to do. It's a journey, not it? Because you want to... Yeah, exactly. So each time he steps in a ring, it but, may be one less time he needs to. But what we can't deny is, if... Oh, sorry, should I say when the fight is made, because it will get made, and when that fight is made... There will be a lot of interest in the fight. Of course there will be. Whether that's for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, there will be a lot of interest in the fight. It'll be a big fight. And, you know, and given, side, it'll, in, given it'll be inside a British ring, it'll probably have lots, have lots of atmosphere. Who wins that, by the way? Um, who wins it? You have to say Eubank because he's more active. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I've written Kel Brook off on a number of occasions. I, I, I think there's a number of factors surrounding it. What, for, what weight it's made out. Okay, let's finish this subject before we move on to the last one. Who, in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the analysis about who wins this fight, who's the better fighter? Kel Brook. Kel Brook, isn't it? Yeah, Kel Brook. Yeah, there you go, Kel. Kel Brook um, is the best fighter. You look at the, you've only got to look at the He's a world title holder. Yeah, but, he was a world like, title holder. but he's, he's a very good operator as well. Yeah. Very good. Mm. Yeah. Big fight coming up in women's boxing this weekend great yeah. fight between two very articulate and very statesmanlike um participants in in natasha jonas and uh michaela meyer um spoke to michaela earlier on with you mm -hmm. very eloquent very articulate mm -hmm. interesting fight she's stepping up two weight classes tash is heavy hit heavy-handed yeah um she's an exponent or a a, a, a backer of the three-minute rounds yeah which hasn't happened in this fight. Mm -hmm. This is a good fight, right? Great fight. I mean, both girls started their careers at super featherweight. We saw Natasha Jonas have that draw with Terry Harper. Very unfortunate. A lot of controversial in many ways. Mm -hmm. People felt she won that fight. Stepped but up she's to gone on from then, hasn't she? Stepped up to lightweight. L lost to Katie. Yeah, lost to Katie. And you're looking at Tash then and going, I think she's going to be one of the girls that doesn't quite make it. And, you know, like, but then she just Chris Nemes up at super welterweight, which we saw Manchester on the um, undercard of the Smith. Um, Knocked her out and was yeah. it the second round? Or was it, was it undercard of Smith Eubank or was it Brooke Khan? Uh, Brooke Khan. Brooke Khan, yeah. 
And um, yeah, it's put in unbelievable performance. And she hasn't looked back. She dropped mm. that back down to welterweight, won a um, Candy Wire. I think she beat her in her last fight at welterweight. And now this opportunity comes for um, Michaela Meyer. And, but that's what the girls do. They jump through those. Well, she's a class it's operator. A isn't she? For, it's a Michaela great Meyer is a class operator, isn't she? She's a girl that she's a workhorse. Like why she wants a three minute round is because, like she said, she's not got one punch knockout power, but she's very consistent. She's got a great work rate. She's you know she'll she'll look to sort of systematically break her opponents down. The one with the one punch knockout power, it is it, 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 absolutely Tash. Yes, yeah. out of that southpaw stance, she's got an unbelievable right hook, and she's got a great left hand through the middle as well. Stylistically, this one. Could be an absolute barnstormer. Yeah. Who wins it? Do you know what? I'm not. I'm sort of unsure at the moment. Home advantage could be crucial for Tash mm. in this fight because it's one of those fights you go. We're all going to have an opinion, but you don't really know where this is going to sit. You don't know where. Yeah, where it's I go. mean, I'm loath to write off uh, Natasha. So my inclination. I mean, M Michaela Meyer is a is a slick operator. Yeah, I thought she was unlucky in the one fight that she's lost against Alicia Bumgarten. Mm -hmm. Um. Um. But I think Tash is very heavy-handed. She is. And I think she's heavier-handed than Alicia Boomgarden is. So I think, clearly, because there's yeah. a weight difference. Yeah. But I think that she causes Michaela those sort of problems. Yeah. And whilst Michaela might be an advocate of going up to three-minute rounds, because it, it and, and she obviously puts herself into the to backing that because she wanted it for this fight whilst going up to weight sure. classes. Sure. I just got a feeling that Tash would have just a little bit too much yeah. for her. I think, you may, I think you may be right on that. Easily influenced again? Why? Why wouldn't I be? You're like the Churchill why dog. Be? Why like the Churchill it, dog. Why, why, I think I saw a comment there somewhere <laughs> said that as well. So yeah, why wouldn't I be easily influenced by you, Simon, with your unbelievable boxing knowledge? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, what does it open? Does it create any opportunities for, for the winner of this fight? The winner it, of this fight. Do you know where? The, the, I think the winner of this fight, and I, this is where I, I see the winner of this fight going. Clarissa Shields would be a great opportunity for the winner of this fight because she's the quote of women's boxing and you just look at it and you go this is at world weight Clarissa Shields you know boxes at middleweight super middleweight she can come down the girls jump up and down through the why weights why does it have to be called quote I know what it stands for why, why can't it just be called greatest of all time why has it got to be quote we live in a political world like old pony if you ask me it should be it's, we it live should... in a political world what do you want me to say we live in a political <laughs> world I don't know how I work with that one. <laughs> <laughs> political word. Thanks for that insight, Spence. Talking about the Shibam Garden, she has now been um, cleared by that wonderful bastion of all things insightful, the WBC, um, from the challenges that she had um, with the bad substance she got, she got herself yeah. into trouble what did, with. What does that mean, though, like cleared by the WBC? The WBC cleared Conor Ben of any wrongdoing. But he still failed two tests. Like they just mm. cleared his name to put them back in the rankings. Exactly what they've done with, um, yeah, Boomgarner. yeah, Boomgarner. Exactly, mm. exactly the same thing. She's not been cleared of the tests. They just cleared her to go I back into the WBC I mean, rankings. I mean, w it, they let me down a little bit the WBC rankings because they've got a rule of their own and they just decide to do what they want to well, do, make up their own bells, and well, you just go. It, for me, it's it's. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the most prestigious of all the belts. 100%. WBC, WBA, yeah. then you had IBF, then you had the WBO, and then you move into the IBOs, right? So your so, knowledge again is so, just unreal. But, but I look, thank you, and I'm helping you, and, um, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm, you. I'm, I'm hopeful <laughs> that it will land with you. Prestigious, but what does that mean? So it means valuable <laughs> and, 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 and something that people respect. But I, I can't understand what this organization is because it seems to me it mm. doesn't deal with its mandatories properly. 
It gives excuses to people that are finding themselves in challenge positions. It makes up belts to sanction yeah. fights. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is, I, I think Mauricio Suleiman does it a disservice. I agree in many ways, because like you say, like, you know, if there's a situation you go, you've got to, for the sake of the sport here, you've got to step up and do what everyone else is doing whilst certain situations are going on. You can't just go, well, we're going to clear her of any wrongdoing. We're clear Connor of any wrongdoing, even though there is wrongdoing, and put them back in our rankings. On what basis? Where are you going? Oh, we're going to rank a fighter. Where are you going with that? Apart from putting a dirty stain on boxing, and I think that's where we're at with it. Well, that's my train of thought. Yeah, okay. so okay. that's yeah. my strong I was looking at your my I was, no, was going to make some smart-ass comment about your shoes. No, don't, don't make no feeling about my shoes, because right. I'll talk about the shoes think, that you've just I gone think, and bought. I think they're snides. I think right. the shoes, what, because you've just bought four pairs? Yes. Yeah. But mine are real. Can you um, wear yours next week, by the way? Instead of those granddad slippers, because I want to see some decent things on here. <laughs> Comfortable. I've got terrible bunions. <laughs> I can see. I can see you look like you've got your terrible granddad's, or, or maybe even your nan's slippers on. Head. I don't know what they are. Well, yeah. my nan weighed about 40 stone, so <laughs> she wouldn't have worn those. She would have worn shoals. You know, shoals, the comfortable shoes. Um, look, there's other things going on that are interesting under the category of any other business that Pat's now put into the into the equation as yes, his God. wonderful producerial content when he appears. Um, Lomachenko, back in the ring. Yes. Um, coming back off the, a beating by Devin Haney. Well, it wasn't a beating. I thought he won the fight. I thought he won that fight against Devin Having, Haney. Coming back after getting beaten by Devin Haney. All oh, right, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Right. Just um, stick with me, yeah. I'll, George Combosus. Yeah. Well, Combosus is come coming back off those two beatings off of um, Devin Haney as well, but mm. they were a lot more one-sided. I think. Um, Good yeah, fight. The fight lands in Perth. When are we talking? In May time, isn't it? We are talking in May. Yeah. Yeah, the May time, yeah, in spring, in Perth. Look, it's a good fight. It's a good fight. Where do I see the fight? How do I see the fight going? Lemachenko for me. Yeah. He'll, he'll have too much. Lomachenko mm -hmm. will have too much for Cambosis. Home advantage, you know, will be crucial for Cambosis. But I just think the angles that Lomachenko creates, you know, his boxing IQ, I think he's just too much for Cambosis, who, you know, is a good fighter, got great hand speed, comes in, he's a little bit more unpredictable at times, comes in straight lines. Yeah, I'm leaning, I'm quite who strong beat, on Lomachenko. Remind me of who beat Lomachenko when he was, when he had a shoulder injury. Um, Tiafimo Lopez. Was it Tiafimo Lopez? Yeah, Tiafimo Lopez. Right. Yeah, and he lost that fight. That was a narrow fight as well, but he boxed with one arm. He had the pins put in straight after. Talking about Tiafimo Lopez, um, Terence, uh, he's been calling out uh, Terence Crawford. Yeah, I like what that. You, I like that fight, to be fair. Isn't he? He's got unfinished business with Errol Spence, hasn't he? He won't well, have unfinished no, no, well, Spence has got unfinished say, business. Yeah, he, he, no, no, he's got that, totally finished yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, he's got totally finished business. That, Errol Spence has got unfinished business. That was my point. He's chasing, yeah, he's chasing the fight, yeah, but... I mean, look, I, I like that fight, actually, because I think that Tiafimo Lopez, I think when he had that little dip against Cambosis, etc., and he lost that fight to Cambosis, split decision, when he had that dip, I think there was things going on outside of the ring. You could see that was that was taking its toll on his performances. I think he's back to his best now. He was an underdog, actually, going into that fight with Josh Taylor, and that masterclass he yes. put on against Josh Taylor, you just looked at it and go... I like this. Yeah, I like this a lot. And I think that him and Terence Crawford, I like that fight. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see that. Good. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Up at 147, yeah. Lopez would jump up from, what, 140 up there. And I think that that's, yeah, that's a good fight. Crawford all day, though, isn't it? I can't see anyone beating Crawford. Mm. I think he's not just a modern-day great. I think he's an all-time great. Mm. I think he will go down in the history books. You'd put him in with any welterweight from any era, or I would, anyway. Right, that's it, Spence. That's it for episode 56. We'll see you next week.
Unless, of course, you're from Saudi. Simon, before we go, what? I want the Louboutins on next week. Okay. Not the granddad slippers, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I find myself like a Tweedledum <laughs> Tweedledee moment. Except mine are not Jekylls. Mine are real. Oh, these, oh, these are Jekylls yeah, now? Okay. See you next time we're up. Now hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.